the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Hello everyone and welcome. This is Karen Schoen and you are listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. And folks, I say wonderful because these people never give up and they are continually diving into what is going on in our schools and how our children are being perverted into learning things that they absolutely make no sense, but definitely will mess them up mentally in the future. It is impossible for us to change our gender. I have said that many times over and over again. Our bodies are made up of millions of cells, and each one of those cells has a chromosome, either an XX or an XY, depending upon what gender you are. If you went to change your gender, it is a physical impossibility to change every one of those little chromosomes in every one of your cells. So therefore, no matter what you do, no matter how you destroy and mutilate yourself, you're still going to be born as a man or a woman. And I believe today all they are trying to do is to eliminate women uh, I read a report from Dr. Naomi Wolf, and she said that of the women, that of the people that have taken the COVID vaccine, the most detrimental was to women. Now, why would they want to target women? Well, if you listen very carefully, what do they tell us over and over again? The earth is overpopulated and we must do whatever we can to control the planet and control the population. And by doing so, we'll kill the babies and we'll kill the women. Why kill the women? Because they are the ones that carry the babies. It does not matter what you do to a man and what kind of dress you put him on. It's not going to make any difference. There is no way that a man will be able to carry a baby. And somebody made a very interesting point yesterday, which I thought was really quite good. A trans woman is not a woman because you're putting a designation in front of the word woman, which says immediately this was a man who decided to become a woman. It doesn't make any difference physically. It is impossible. So when your children come home and tell you about some of these horrors that they may be experiencing in school, my first reaction is get them out of those indoctrination clinics. The Florida Citizens Alliance has a wonderful program that can help you homeschool and start your own school. It's not difficult. 
If you can read, write, and do simple math, you can learn along with your child. And that is so important. And we can dispel some of these atrocious rumors that we have heard over the last week. I mean, the most holy week that we have have in our calendar is the combination of Passover and Easter. And this shows and proves that all we are doing is recreating the Roman Empire. And we all know how that ended. That was a disaster. But if we're going to talk about history, I asked my favorite historian to join me today, because tying all of these things together in the past prepares us for what we can be facing in the future. Bill Federer, thank you so much for joining me today. Bill is an author. Please go to his website, AmericanMinute.com. I can't tell you enough how much I have learned by reading Bill's work. Thank you so much, Bill, and thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to be with you. Bill, am I right? Are we seeing a replication of what went on in biblical times? Is I mean, we saw so many over the last couple of weeks, we saw so many documentaries and movies all about the Bible and the past and ancient Rome. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, my God, that's what we're doing right now. Am I right, Bill? Yeah, actually, it goes back to uh, Baal and Ashtaroth and the first Babylonian uh, Nimrod religion. And um, the uh, it's interesting how these themes keep repeating themselves. And so you had, uh, you know, Baal and he had a son and the, who married the mother. And it's like all kinds of perverted stuff. Uh, but it, it all had to do with uh, sexual immorality. It all had to do with a fertility cult um, because they had a harvest and they wanted uh, the, the worship these fertility gods. And so they would sacrifice the uh, firstborn to them. So there would be this child sacrifice and they had temple prostitutes and male temple prostitutes that would dress up as women and um, all, all kinds of sexual perversions. And it um, is basically resurfacing now. It's just called the trans agenda. And, you know, years ago, I saw a documentary, uh, documentary on Thailand and how it was the number one sex trafficking tourist destination for Europeans. And they would go to Thailand and they had children prostitutes. These, these little children were raised to be prostitutes. And... Um, uh, and that's what we're teaching in schools, all these different sex acts. Uh, years ago, I went to school in Rome in, in college for a semester, and we toured and we went to Pompeii. And it was uh, the foot of Mount Vesuvius that uh, blew up. But before it blew up, poison gas came down the mountain from the volcano and people asphyxiated. And then ash came down and covered the people and they were mummified. Um and they were buried for centuries. And then they began to discover them with the expressions on their faces of gasping for their last breath and in their convulsions. And then they began to excavate Pompeii and found out it was the Las Vegas of the era. And they actually had uh, would raise children to be prostitutes. And they had murals and paintings on the walls of the different 
prostitute quarters of the different uh, acts that they would perform. And it was just utter perversion, but it began with indoctrinating the children. And, uh, and so now you see when God tells them to go into the promised land and wipe out the people that were there, uh, it was because they had ingrained this sexual immorality into their entire culture. Um, when King Balak got Balaam, the prophet, to come up and curse Israel, it came out a blessing. And uh, it happened three times. And the King Balak is pulling his hair out saying, I told you to curse them and you're blessing them. And, um, but then a couple chapters later, uh, you read where Balaam told King Balak, if you can send your young Moabite women into the Israeli camp and lure these Israeli men to your orgies and your sexual immorality and, and entice them to sin against their God, if they're in sin, God cannot help them. And you can defeat them in battle, right? If, if God blesses sin, then he is effectively saying that he is an unjust God. And he's denying himself, and God cannot deny himself. And so if he, if he blesses you while you're in sin, he's basically denying himself. And so the, uh, the, the founding fathers, I read through all the addresses of the founding fathers, they would always have prayers of repentance and humiliation, and they would confess and bewail their manifold sins and transgressions because they understood that before God can bless us, we have to repent. Uh, we have to turn from the sin. Because if he blesses us while we're in sin, he's saying that the sin is not really a sin, and therefore he's denying his just nature, and he's denying himself, and he cannot deny himself. So um, so anyway, so these pagan cultures all had sexual immorality, and they all had killing in infants. Um, when the wicked king Manasseh was sacrificing his uh, children to Moloch, and uh, which was one of those pagan gods, and the prophets came to King Manasseh and said, you're doing the same thing that the people that were here before Israel came in did. And because they were doing it, I brought Israel in to drive them out. And because you're doing it, I'm going to drive you out. And, um, and so then uh, judgment was pronounced and Manasseh dies, his son dies, but his grandson is Josiah. He's eight years old. He becomes king. Uh, he starts to seek the Lord. They found the law of God that was hidden away in the storage room and they read it to the king and he rips his garments and he sends to a prophetess in town and named Hulda, the wife of the king's tailor. And she says that judgment's going to come, but not during King Josiah's lifetime because he repented when he heard the words of the Lord. And so for the rest of the 31 year reign of Josiah, there was this peace and prosperity. He had a big Passover and he did what? He tore down the Sodomite temples. And so you see that, um, uh, that the devil to entice people into sin plays upon their lusts. And then once they give into the lusts and they have um, a, you know, the children out of uh, the woman gets pregnant, the prostitute gets pregnant. The next thing is to, is to kill the baby. And so you always have uh, murder always follows lust and um, they go together. You know, there's, 
I could go on and on. But you, you sort of get the picture. Yes. And we see, don't we see that happening today? I mean, this is what you're describing to me from ancient times is nothing less than what we see going on today with and I think it was totally evident when Hillary said it takes a village. They're not your children. They're our children. And therefore, we have the right to do whatever we want with your children. So you as the parents are to go out, have a child and then give it over to the state, which is exactly what you were describing happened in ancient times. So other than the names of these things, nothing has really changed because they're teaching the kids that God does not exist and that you, the child, are God. How does that work? Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, Jonathan Kahn wrote a recent book, Return of the Gods, but he basically goes through all of the different pagan gods and the way those different pagan gods were worshipped and that basically it's mirroring what's going on today. Um, some of them had pride parades. Uh, they would have uh, this uh, people dress up in sexual immorality, get men dressing up as women, and they would have parades through town on their way to the pagan temple, and then they would commit their pagan acts. In Israel, they call them groves, and so they would plant a, a grove of trees, but that's where they would do their, their perverted acts. Um, the gr Greeks would have the... Um, uh, they'd play their little flutes and they would march up to the top of the hill into their grove of trees and they would have their orgy for several days and then they would come down. And, um, but uh, but then they would be pregnant and then they would kill these babies. Um, I thought it was interesting just recently, um, September 1st, 2021, um, when you had the uh, a heartbeat bill passed in Texas, um, you had the satanic temple. And they come out and they say that abortion is part of their satanic ritual. And since it's religion, they should be protected under the First Amendment. Oh, my gosh. I thought, <laughs> wow. <that's, laughs> that blows your head off, doesn't it? Yeah, but, but they're literally calling it a religious act to abort and kill a baby. And, I, I call uh, that murder. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't see any difference between that and murder, killing a baby. Killing you know, I, um, uh, I, I send out a daily uh, email and I did one on Cortez and uh, how he conquered Mexico. And uh, the reports of his men was that there were uh, temples made out of skulls and thousands of skulls and um, that they would march the captives of the neighboring tribes to the top of their temple and then beat rip out their beating heart and then let the body roll down. And they would, people would be at the bottom screaming and cannibalizing their bodies. And, and some of the politically correct people said, well, uh, can't, that must've just all been made up. Uh, Cortez's men, that was probably, you know, them wanting to justify how they got rid of all these natives. And well, that was, one of the things they were teaching in colleges until about 10 years ago, one of the old, old buildings in downtown Mexico city, the foundation needed to be shored up. And so they began to dig and they found under the temple, I mean, under the, the building, uh, huge areas of that were buried with human skulls. And many of them were infants 
So these were not captives in war. This was the ritual killing of children. Here's a Reuters article, July 1st, 2017. Towers of human skulls in Mexico cast new light on Aztecs, detailing a recent archaeological find. A tower of human skulls unearthed beneath the heart of Mexico City raised new question. The Aztec Empire, after crania of women and children surfaced among the hundreds embedded in the structure, 650 skulls caked in lime, thousands of fragments, and cylindrical edifice, um, the tide of the temple, Templo Mayor, um, in the capital of Tenochtitlan. Um, and then they found the same thing in Peru. And, and so this is your base. And then you go to uh, the Polynesia Islands, and they would have cannibalism and sodomy. And then you read the accounts of Columbus when he came to the Caribbean. There were the peaceful Arawak Indians, but then there were the Caribs, which was the word for cannibal, that had come up from Colombia, South America, and was go island by island, and, and was um, depopulating the islands by sodomizing and then um, having their uh, chopping off the genitals of the, the, the young boys, very similar to these operations taking place, and then they would fatten them up and eat them. And Columbus actually took a couple of these young boys uh, over to on his trip back to, to Spain and show him what's going on in the Americas. So your basic pagan devil worshiping is you, you, you do sexual immorality and then you, you kill um, children. And, um, and so now you begin to see when the Israelites went into the promised land, God says, you are not going to do what the other people did, that every single baby is made in the image of God. And their life is sacred. And there's no respecter of persons with God. So everybody is equal in the sight of God, male and female, made in the image of God. And so we begin to appreciate how Western civilization goes back to the uh, the Israeli law that got rid of this uh, pagan practice. What we are experiencing today is the absolute reason why history is no longer taught in school. Because if it was, they would have to show the atrocities of what man can do to man. And probably the cruelest animal on the earth is man when they're going after man. And the only way that that can be done is to teach in school that there is no God. And this is what we have right now becoming this godless society where they're instilling upon our kids this idea that they are God. It is so important that you get your kids out of these schools where this is what they are teaching. And it is not a religion. It is not a religion to teach that you are God. And as God, you can make these life and death decisions. And I fear that this is what we have and what we're going to be going into should we allow these people to gain more of a foothold. One of the most important things that we can do right now is to take a hard look at our states and our universities and I always source, go to the money. Where is their money coming from? And if your state 
is giving money to a university to promote this garbage, it's time that you have a talk with your legislators and stop them from doing this. Because all we will do is recreate the Roman Empire or Nazi Germany because these people are the same people. Nothing has changed. They are offsprings of the same people. They were taught this, weren't they, Bill? Um, yes. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, we had a little technical difficulty for a moment. Thank you for bearing with us. And let's get back to our conversation because this is about our children and this is about our future. And the path that America is on right now is not a good one. It's not a path that will bring anything good to America. Bill, going by our past history, what do we have in store for us if we don't do something and correct all of these atrocities that are being forced on the American people? Yeah, the battle is for the minds of the children. I point out how you're a spirit, mind, and body. Your body is like a a computer case and your mind is like a super fancy computer, which makes it silly for people to argue over what color the computer case is. Imagine if I were to say blue computers are better than green computers. It's like, uh, it doesn't matter what color or the computer or the iPhone is, what matters, what apps, what software turning on it. it. It doesn't matter what color somebody's skin is, is what behavioral software is running on their brain. And is it love your enemies turn the cheek, walk the extra mile, forgive, or to cancel them, uh, destroy them, get them to lose their job, get them to sue them, right? And so the battle, again, God chose Abraham because he knew he would what? Teach his children after him, that he would pass the software on. And the other side wants to put their malware, their corrupted files, their viruses. And they've found through a century of child psychology that children want to be accepted and they don't want to be rejected pretty simple That's and so the teacher decides what is acceptable and what is not acceptable in the classroom and so the little kids want to please the teacher it's innate it's it's verified it's studied and um uh and so they have been presenting this trans agenda as a pyramid of oppression and you have different groups of people and the top is the oppressors and the top of the pyramid is the cisgendered now cisgendered is their term for somebody that believes that there is a man and a woman and so they tell these little kids that if you believe there's a man and a woman you are cisgendered you are the oppressor you are the one oppressing everybody else, and you are bad. And these little kids are like, oh, I don't want to be bad. I don't want to be the oppressor. Okay, I'm, I'm anything but cisgendered. I'll pick one of these other rainbow colors. How do I feel today? And they've had a 900% increase in trans, non-binary identifying students in just the last two years. Oh in two God. years, 900%. Oh it, they, they've cracked the human behavioral software. And they go in there and they say, okay, kids, you want to be accepted? You don't want to be rejected? And, and then what do they do? They find some kid that actually believes there's a man and a woman, and they ridicule that poor kid to death. I mean, they just make him the, the, the evil person, and everybody backs away from him. And um, 
Um, and, and so these kids, actually, one of the psychological studies was they said that all the kids with um, a certain color eye, uh, that they were the, the bad ones. Color eyes were the good ones. And they said, like, instantly, uh, they were, like, pushing in the playground, pushing the kids with the other color eyes down, and they were, you know, beating them up. And then um, the teacher brings them in and says, oh, oh we're going to switch it. Um, now the person with the other color eyes is the good one. And the person with that, the other color eyes are the bad ones. Well, guess what? The kids switched it and began to, to behave the other way. And, and that it's, is they are fallible. They uh, are impressionable. That's why they don't make, they're not allowed to make decisions like, uh, permanently mutilating their bodies until they get to be adults because they are open to suggestion. Um, and that's why they they get they want to keep groomers away from them because the groomers tell these little kids, hey, if you perform this act, uh, I'll give you some candy and I'll give you a bicycle. And these kids are like, oh, well, okay, you know. And and they've um and the, but they've also done it on an adult level and it's through the internet. And they'll cancel every voice that is um not in line with their agenda and uh, they'll uh, destroy the person, destroy their lives. And if someone is promoting their agenda, uh, they'll, they'll exalt them and they'll lift them up. And if there's no God, then your personal advancement is, is your good. And so people will do what will advance them. And, and it's even uh, on an adult level where uh, pastors want to fit in, and be respected by the other pastors in town. And some of them, uh, if they're uh, considered um, uh, legalistic or whatever, uh, but others are more woke. And so nobody wants to be called, uh, you know, um, uh, strict and so forth. And so there's pressure there. Uh, but it happens in the business world. It's office politics. Hold that thought, folks, and hold that thought, Bill, because I'm going to ask you if you'll hang around for the next segment and let's continue this conversation because, folks, this is our future. And if we don't do something about it, uh, shame on us. And the time is now. There is no more time to waste. We know what's going on. We know what they're doing. And it's up to us to stop it. Bill, tell everyone where they can find you. It's AmericanMinute.com, AmericanMinute.com. And one of the books where I go through this is called Socialism, the Real History from Plato to the Present. And socialism was not started yesterday, folks. And that's the problem. We don't know about it. We look at it and think it's a feel-good thing. When, I, when they first started talking about socialism, I asked the kid what socialism was. And he said, oh, is that another thing I should join? Is that another program I should join? They have no idea. They think it's a feel-good thing. It is not. Uh, do not go away. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. We will be right back. 
world-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's COFIXRX.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at CofixRX.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. 
America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You are listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Please go to the Alliance website. That is goflca.com. If you are not a member of the Alliance, just put in your email and get the valuable information that the Alliance is working on. Uh, We are the ones that helped to get that, quote, don't say gay bill, parental choice bill redone in Congress this year, where we brought the age from K through three up to K through eight. It is my hope that next year we can bring it up to K to 12. There is no reason why these children should be taught about transgender anything when they can't read, write, and do math. All we are doing is robbing them of their future. Uh, What we have to do is make sure that our children learn how to read, write, and do math and the skills that are necessary for their life. And teaching them to be a transgender is not a necessary skill. Uh, It does nothing and will do nothing except twist their minds. And I think, Bill, that's really what they want so that nobody will understand how our country is being robbed from us. I mean, right now, the kids don't even know the Constitution. They have no idea what is in it. They don't know that there's a Bill of Rights, and they don't even know what those rights are. And they have no clue that we have three branches of government which are supposed to watchdog each other. Isn't that true, Bill? We have a mess going on with people that have no idea of how our government is run. Right. Well, there is a famous saying that politics is downstream from culture. And uh, the Greeks discovered that uh, they had a democracy, 6,000 citizens in Athens, and everybody voted on everything. And if you have an agenda, how do you pitch your agenda to 6,000 people? And they quit. They would have theater and they'd get the whole city together and they would put on plays uh, comedies, tragedies, satires, where they would ridicule and buffoon certain points of view and honor and extol other points of view. People would leave the theater saying, I don't want to be like that old stodgy guy. And boy, he was not very nice. And and I want to be like that other guy. And, and he was cool. And, and they would ridicule living politicians at the time, like Saturday Night Live, and make fun of them till the place where people were embarrassed and would back away from them and everything they stood for. And then in the tragedies, they would have somebody dying and then they would say, oh, he was so noble and I want to be like him and be remembered like him. And 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 so they would that's turned into Hollywood. And so you watch your favorite sitcom and there's a character you identify with. They're cute. They're funny. They're the hero. And and then this character begins to make morally compromising decisions and you begin to apologize for him and say, yeah, I know James Bond is with a woman he's not married to. But he's about to save the world. And so that's not as important. Let's just get on with the story. And it minimizes something that used to be important to you, marital fidelity. And then they paint someone that holds old traditional values to look like they're backwards and hateful and 
and you turn off the show saying, yeah, that person, they were pretty out of it and, and, and backwards and stodgy and, and the other person's so cool. I want to wear their tennis shoes or their cologne. And so it's, it's weaponizing your desire to fit in. And this was discovered uh, by somebody named Edward Bernays. So in the uh, 1800s, marketing was Sears catalog and Wells Fargo wagon. And they would list everything about a sewing machine and you would make an informed purchase. And Edward Bernays was the nephew of Sigmund Freud, the psychologist who discovered that people want are group creatures. Um, and so he said, Hey, you don't have to say anything about a product. You just make it look like everybody's using it. And the classic is women's shoes. He says, women go into a department store and think they're picking out shoes. They're not. The marketing executive picked out the shoes for them, paid the actress to put them on, paid the photographer to take the pictures, paid the magazine to print the, the ads, and the ladies see it in the magazine and they want it. Because this way, women are controlled in this area of their private lives. He says, you just apply that to politics. And he says that um, we're a government up from the consent of the governed. But what if you can engineer consent? So he wrote a book called Engineering Consent. Wow. And, uh, and, and so he's the one who got women to smoke cigarettes. Um, they you know, you are, with- if I can interject, you are so right. Uh, I One of my businesses in my former life was in the fashion industry, and we were manufacturing handbags and accessories. And I remember talking to my partner, saying to her, do you realize that we are influencing the colors that the people will wear in the next season? Because we're telling them red is in, black is in, green is in, Hot colors are in, cool colors are in. We're dictating that model. And then the people go out and buy it thinking they're making a choice. But what have they made? A choice of what my partner and I gave them. And that's exactly what you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That it's they've hacked human behavioral software that we want to fit in and we don't want to be rejected. And um, so they had Easter parades in New York. Uh, Easter, believe it or not, instead of gay pride parades, they had Easter parades. And um, and they were, you know, religious. And then it became a social event. Uh, even Fred Astaire, uh, one of his, you know, musicals was the Easter parade. And, um, and ladies would have big hats and fashionable hats. And, well, Edward Bernays got 20 different models to s- women to smoke cigarettes at this parade. And the newspapers snapped the pictures and said, well, this was part of the suffragette movement that uh, we don't want to be controlled. And, and, and it got front page coverage in the magazine. And all of a sudden, women wanted to start smoking cigarettes all over the country. And uh, he realized that he could take the enthusiasm of uh, the suffragette movement and uh, this visible women's parade and um, the Easter parade. And, and to push and to, and to channel that, um, and that's sort of the way the homosexual movement that is is co-opted the uh, the what the civil rights movement. So instead of civil rights being uh, that blacks and whites are equal, uh, they've jumped. They they've co-opted that to say that well now you have to have this LGBT trans and everything else. And um, uh, but Edward Bernays uh, also 
wrote a book uh, called Propaganda in 1928, and he later changed the name of it to Public Relations. And um, uh, this was read by Joseph Goebbels over in Germany. And Goebbels um, said, okay, we want to manipulate a whole nation, and people will do what they see everyone else doing. So he would have 100,000 people in a coliseum, and they would begin to give the Hitler salute in the front, and it would work its way back with all the the pomp and the ceremony and the impressive lights and at nighttime and they had these big lights that would shine up into the, the stratosphere and and uh, and people would just be mesmerized and they would do what they see everybody else doing. Everybody else was giving the Hitler salute. They would give the Hitler salute. People would see you give it. And they, and, and so he said that the, the press is like a keyboard that the government can play and you make make a lie and you tell it often enough, people will believe it. And, um, and, and so it uh, was studied after World War II, and it's called the Solomon Ash Conformity Experiment. And they did it on college campuses, and they would pull eight students into a classroom. Seven had been paid ahead of time to be actors. And one was a naive participant, and the teacher would put two cards on the front desk. One card had, simply had one line on it, and the other card had three lines on it, one longer, one shorter, one the same. And beginning with the cave actors, they would go around saying that the shorter line was equal to the first line. By the time it got around to the eighth naive participant, 30% of them would deny their own eyes to fit in with the group. They're looking at the lines. They're not equal. They can see it with their own eyes, but they, they want to get fit in with everybody else. They, well, they, they would doubt their perception. And then they had another one. Chuck Colson wrote about it. It was a wine tasting. And everybody was in on it except one couple, and they poured vinegar in the wine. It tasted terrible. This couple writes on their little card, this tastes terrible. Well, one by one, the other couples would say, this wine tasted robust, and it had character, and it was great. And by the time it got around to that eighth, uh, you know, that last couple, they um, they scratched out what they wrote, and they said, oh, it, it tasted really good. And um, it was something that they called... Um, uh, when you will self-censor your own opinions if you think you're in the minority. But then when they simply explained that they poured, somebody stood up and said, well, they poured vinegar in the wine. The couple that changed their views criticized the person for saying that they poured vinegar in the wine. And it became something called false enforcement. Once people buy into the lie, they will help enforce that other people buy into the lie. And, and so they've studied this manipulation. Um, one of the other ones, if I have another moment, is um, uh, during the Korean War. Uh, these guys volunteered, loved America, captured, we rescued them. They hated America. It's like, what happened to these guys in, in the prison camp? Well, they would put them in a room and isolate them for months until they got to this vulnerable, emotional breaking point where they just craved, 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 wanting to get to normal, wanting to have somebody to talk to, wanting to... And, and when they're in this vulnerable position, they would bring them into a room full of other guys who had already caved. And they would say, before you can be accepted in our little group, you have to reject America. And once they said, okay, I, um, America's bad, then they would get the pat on the back and they would be accepted into this group, the brotherhood, you know, the team. And, and it emotionally cemented the hating of America in their psyche. So even when they were separated from all those other guys, they still kept that. And so they decided, well, you need to do this nationally. You need to isolate everybody in the whole country, just lock them down in their homes until they're just 
breaking part where they just crave wanting to get back to normal, wanting to have a relationship, wanting to go out to, for dinner and go shopping again. They say, okay, but before you can get back there, you have to cave. You have to uh, reject. You have to give up your freedom and put on a mask and take a shot and, and, and be tracked and everything. And, do, um, Bill, do you think this is what they are trying to do to the J6 uh, prisoners by keeping them locked up in solitary confinement for such a long time and probably feeding them a lot of hate, trying to get them to turn on the country? I mean, that sounds very, very familiar. Yeah. And, and then they say, well, if you confess to lies, then we'll let you out sooner. Um, and so every single one of them, their confession is made under duress. And so it should it, it would be inadmissible in a court. So whatever they confess to, it was a confession made under duress. So it's inadmissible. It, it's something, uh, this idea, this battle for the mind, a 19th century military theorist was Karl von Clausewitz, and over in Germany. And he said, the purpose of war is to force your opponent to submit to your will. Simple. Very simple. Uh, so you're out there killing their bodies. You've got all this machinery, all these guns and tanks, and, and all of it is to do what? Is to force your opponent to submit to your will. Well, question, what if you could get to get them to submit to your will without killing their bodies? J just mess with their minds. And so it gave birth to something called psychological warfare, cognitive warfare. And um, uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War, he was 5th century BC in China, giving all this military strategy. And then Sun Tzu says, supreme excellence in a commander is to get your enemy to surrender without a fight. So you're, you know, really good fighting advice, but if you're really, really good, you'll just psych out, you'll mentally defeat your enemy. You'll make them think that you're everywhere and you're 10 times tougher than you are and that they're weak and isolated. And, uh, and so this is now called fifth generation warfare where you get your enemy to surrender without them even being aware that they're in a war. Wow. I mean, why even let them think they're in a war? Just, if their goal is to get them to submit your will, why don't you just get And we did some of this during World War II, dropping pamphlets in German out of airplanes on German villages saying, your side has already lost. Your commander just hasn't told you. So they're out there. Why should we fight? We've already lost. And then they did it to us with Tokyo Rose in you know the, the Pacific, where the radio waves would go across the ocean and she would have this seductive voice saying, you Americans are terrible and you're killing people and you're horrible people. And, and it would demoralize our guys. And this is actually in the Bible. The 12 spies went into the promised land and came back with a negative report. There's giants in the land. We're grasshoppers. And the Israelites moaned, wanted to stone Moses. They said we should elect another captain, go back to Egypt. And God was so mad that he smote the 10 bad spies and said, you're going to wander for 40 years. But here they were defeated in their mind. They never even got to the battlefield. They had given up. And so it flipped the other way with Gideon. So there's 100,000 Midianites, and Gideon's able to get 30,000 Israelites. And God said, too many. Tell everyone that's scared to go home, whittles it down to 300. And then God rolls up his sleeves and says, watch this. Well, you had Gideon, his 300 men, with their torches covered by a clay jar and a trumpets, and they surrounded the enemy army, 
And it's a signal. They broke the clay jars. The torches shone brightly. They blew the trumpets and they just stood there. And the enemy runs out of their tents, bumping into each other, pulling out their swords, killing each other. They were mentally defeated. And, um, and so the battle is for the mind. And again, they've taken what they've learned from marketing of, of a product to marketing of an ideology. And um, here's a, a quote from Edward Bernays. Today, the minority has discovered a powerful help in influencing the majority to mold the minds of the masses. They find in propaganda a tool which is increasingly powerful, regimenting the public mind. Um, he says, manipulation of the opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of the country. And um, Edward Bernays said, the engineering of consent is the very essence of a democratic process, the freedom to persuade and suggest. And um, the idea is that they control the media and they've taken marketing of a product, marketing of an ideology. And, um, uh, and this know. is this is why why and how they're forcing upon uh, this new mind control of trying to convince people that men can be women and women can be men and that we have to accept that. This is this to me is exactly what what you're talking about uh, the manipulation of the mind so much so that even though true science proves that they're wrong they won't accept it so we have yeah. that group that won't accept anything except what they believe yeah and, and the way they do it is that you will be accepted in our group if you adopt this viewpoint you'll be rejected from our group if you don't uh, adopt our viewpoint and that fear of rejection desire for acceptance uh is is not logical and um now one of the psychological dramas was called gaslight in 1944 ingrid bergman and she's the niece of a famous actress who was given expensive jewels and she dies and leaves all of her processions to the niece. And uh, when Ingrid Bergman moves into the house, she locks all the actress's stuff in the attic because it's too emotional to go through. But yet a, a guy knows there's jewels there. And so he befriends Ingrid Bergman, courts her, marries her. And then he's like, um, I want to uh, go smoke my pipe outside. And he'd put her in the bedroom and he'd walk down the block, climb up the fire escape, walk along the roofs in London, get find the right one open the window in the and attic, climb through. And when he turned the gaslight on in the attic to root around looking for the jewels, the gaslight in her bedroom would get dimmer. And so she would say, you know, every night when you go for a walk, the, the light in my bedroom gets dimmer. And he's like, no, the stress is getting to you. Your eyes are playing tricks on you. I think, you, I think you're seeing things. I, I, I think you're, we need to have you checked out with a psychiatrist. I think, and he's about ready to check her into an insane asylum. And then finally somebody across the street sees the light go on in the attic and the light get dimmer in her bedroom and breaks the story. And and, and so the idea is that it, the word went into our vernacular, gaslighting. Psychology Today said victims of gaslighting are systematically fed false information that leads them to question what they know to be true. 
they end up doubting their memory, their perception, even their sanity. And so uh, I'm convinced they perfected this so much that they could pick out a color, any color. They could say yellow and they could say from now on, yellow is bad. Yellow is oppressive. Yellow is a hate color. Uh, don't wear yellow. Um, and if there's a kid in the classroom that's got yellow anything on, then these little kids will back away. And I it, probably within uh, within a couple of weeks, yellow will be banned everywhere. And, and it, it's it's not logical. It's just them flexing their power to be able to tell you lies, and then you you don't you wouldn't want to drive a yellow car. You wouldn't want to wear a yellow shirt in public. People would look at you. You know. Um, <sighs> So all of this really now today, from what I'm seeing, is being driven by money. And the corporations are buying into that because they are beginning to think that the rest of us are going to believe that. And, and we should accept uh, transgenderism as the new way of life. And we should be able to enjoy it and but people are realizing that it is a lie, Bill, and they're beginning to use the power of the boycott. And I just read that it looks like Budweiser's program with uh, Dylan uh, Mulvaney is not going to be working out too well, and they're going to be losing a ton of money, but somehow they don't care. But yeah, that doesn't matter. We've got to continue to boycott. We've got to continue to say, no, we're not going to believe this. No matter what you say and do, we're not going to believe it. But the corporations don't seem to care. It's okay if they're losing all this money. Yeah, well, uh, two things come to mind. One is any socialist takeover, you want to get the country to divide into subgroups, pit them against each other to cause domestic violence. And then when the people are fearful enough, they'll beg the government to come in and restore order. And so part of this is they want to create um, this fear. Uh, and so you, you break people into groups and you, and so, so that's one thing. Um, the, the other is it, it is money and you now have, uh, large amounts of money in the hands of very few people, which has never happened before in world history. So not just the George Soros and the Bill Gates and the Bezos and the Zuckerbergs, um, but you have BlackRock State Street Vanguard. It's not their money. You have people with their retirements invest in those asset management companies, and they now control trillions of dollars. So a person's retirement may have a few shares of Exxon stock. You're not going to drive across the country and go to an Exxon stockholder meeting. You don't know what to say when you get there um, and what's your one little vote going to make. And so instead, you check the proxy box on the little um, stockholder form they send you in the mail. And so the asset management company, BlackRock State Street Vanguard, shows up with thousands and thousands of proxy votes. And they basically dictate to these corporations, what they're going to do, fire this person, push this agenda. They're all woke. They're all diversity training. They're all pro-China. And, uh, and, and we've so we've got, always, unfortunately, we're going to run out of time. So I'm going to have to ask you if you'll come back again, but we have to pay attention and we have to stop using these corporations and dictate 
we have to dictate where we want our money to be, not where they want their money to be. And you've got to pay attention, folks, in your state, and you've got to get legislation written uh, that will negate some of these policies and will enable your state to get out of some of these funds. Bill, tell everyone where they can find you and will you come back again? Sure, I'd be happy to come back. My website is AmericanMinute.com, AmericanMinute.com. And then the book that I referred to is called Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present. Well, thank you so much, Bill. This has been enlightening, and hopefully people will now begin to understand the importance of history. Everything that we are experiencing today, folks, has been done before. We are not surprised. We cannot afford to be surprised. We just have to be able to say, no, we are not going to buy into it. Thank you all for listening. This is Karen Schoen, and you have been listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. See you again next week. But our-